Okay, it's February 4th. I am in Oxford, Ohio, visiting my younger brother, Lucas, at his school, University of Miami, Miami of Ohio. Wrong. Already wrong. Miami University of Ohio. Correct. And we are going to talk about college and some other stuff, I guess. Let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Anything and everything. Let's discuss this calmly and rationally. Come on in here. Let's talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's discuss this. Okay. We're in Ohio, like I said, with Lucas. Lucas was on the last couple episodes, and he's my brother. You probably have yes. heard him talk. Before. Hello. And if you follow on Twitter, you saw Jimmy wake me up in the summer trying to scare me. I think that was like two summers ago. We are in a study room in college, a small little room by in ourselves. Best library. We rented it out. We're all alone. Yeah, third day. So I came to Ohio for the weekend with my father because I hadn't visited Luke in college yet and everyone else had. And we went to a hockey game yesterday and did a little tour of the school. It was really cold. Yeah. 19 degrees, I think. It was freezing. Hung out in the library for a while. Wouldn't have guessed that was part of the yeah, plan. Yeah, we probably spent the most time in any any one place we've been so far as the library. We were laying on the floor reading Yankees books for like an hour and a half. I love libraries. That's what uh, my birthday's coming up, and I'm going to do an episode on birthdays in general. Like, when did people start celebrating their birthday? What's the, what age do you stop celebrating? All that, like, all sort of birthday stuff, and then personal stuff. And last year for my birthday, Katie just took me to bookstores, and we just hung out and, like, huh. looked at books. That's funny. Pretty good. Tell them about the book you found that I ended up renting out. So we played this game because my family... The boys in the family have to play a game. We when over Christmas we we left dinner early and played a game where we tried to throw a cork past each other yeah, in the cork street. Cork ball. That's a tradition of mine and Luke and mine. We leave dinner early to go play a game because once you're done eating and you have to wait for the check and everyone just having those conversations and you feel bolt. like a little bit full and hot and like gross, so you need that fresh air too. Yeah, it's a great excuse for a game. Yep. So we left. But in the library we played, you had to walk down a, ra- a random row of books in the library. And then you couldn't break your pace and you had to try and grab a book that was had the oldest checkout date. Checkout date. So in the front sleeve, you can see all the people, all the times it has been checked out. And I was the grand winner on like round four in che- 1930. Was it? 1913. Remember we found this thing inside? Oh, yeah. 1913. It was published in 1912 and it was checked out in 1913. So I immediately checked it out because I think that's crazy that someone, that's 105 years ago. Yeah. Someone who also went to Miami University was holding the same book and checked it out for the same library. Crazy. Miami University was not that new. Do you know the history of Miami University? It's it's old. It's an old school. It's 18... Something. Oh, wanna, wanna, let's tell people why it's called Miami. They're probably like, Miami in so Ohio? So it's actually... That's weird. Technically, it's Miami, not Miami, because there was an Indian reservation. Not a reservation, I guess. It was a, There was a tribe in the 1800s that was in Ohio here, and we bought the land from them. So in, on, in respect of that, they named the university, because it's a very old university. I think it's like 1805 or something like that. Yeah, eight, early 1800s. So 1820. Miami, Miami University, but no one's going to pronounce M-I-A-M-I, Miami. They're going to say Miami, so that's why. Miami sounds like a, a dog or cat noise because it sounds like, it sounds like meow. Tribe. The Miami tribe. 
Miami sounds like a bunch of people from the East Coast came and were like <laughs> Miami. Yeah. <laughs> uh and Miami in Florida is not named after the Miami tribe. It's named after the Miami Miami River, which is named after the like Miami tribe. Not Miami. Mm-hmm. And the one argument I have against the University of Miami, our counterparts in Florida, is that when Miami was founded, the University of Florida Actually, Florida itself wasn't even U.S. territory. It was still owned by Spain, and the college that I'm at right now is already created. George Washington signed off on this college. That's how old it is. Really? Yep. It was an signed act. off of it in what sense? It was an act put into Congress. Put forward an act when they started expanding in 1800 that there needed to be a university northwest of the Ohio River, and so they said, "Okay, this is the land." And a judge knew this was happening, so he bought up the land knowing he had to build a school on it. And then they built the school. And then the f- there's some fight over the land. But they built the school. It opened. There was like 20 students. It was the first college. And then for 20 years, it grew. And there was like 100 and something students that went to this university mm-hmm. in 18. I don't know what years it was. Probably like 50. And they were the, they, it's called the, the mother of fraternities. Yeah, the Miami triad. Yeah, it's like invented greek life not invented but it was it's really the second school union in new york was a big the first big fraternity school this is a springboard union triad too so there was a fraternity and a new president came there was i forget what year it is like the 1820s or something there was this school miami university had as many students as like yale harvard they were pretty close where they had hundreds of students Mm -hmm. from all different states and the new president came and no one liked him and he hated fraternities so do you know about the Snowball Rebellion? No. Is this real stuff? Yeah. This is probably like like if you were to join a frat here, I guarantee you that you have to learn about this and take a quiz to get into the frat because huh. this is probably like frat lore. Yeah, we're the mother of fraternities. The first frat ever was here. And the president came and he tried to stop the frats and they did the Snowball Rebellion. Uh-huh. So they filled one of the buildings with snow. And desks and chairs and blocked it up, completely filled it with snow. And then everyone involved got expelled right away, which cut the student population in half to like down to 40 people. And then the school folded and went and became a grammar school. Really? Yeah. So they, that they changed from university down to a grammar school and then back to the university? Well, they, the, the college like was like, we, don't, we can't go forward. We don't have enough students. And then the building got repurposed as a grammar school. Oh, okay. And then, so that's called Old Miami. Mm-hmm. They refer to that time as Old Miami. And then it restarted again and they took off. They took a girl's school and combined them and then it took off. Okay. Great Snowball Rebellion. That's very odd. All I know is that there's three fraternities. One of them is Beta. And there's got to be more than three fraternities here. No, I know, obviously. There are three fraternities that are, were the first ever fraternity of that name. You know what I mean? Like the first ever beta was at Miami. And there's two other ones. They're called Alpha Chapters. Yeah. And so that's what the triad is because they had three Alpha Chapters. And that's like Union is the only other school to do that. Yeah. So I was reading it. Fuck. Alpha Delta? Is that one of them? Maybe. Beta is one of them for sure. It was because I remember it was a big deal. Beta got kicked off campus. They two years ago and it was a it's been on campus for over like 150 years something like that there is sorority girls what are they doing this weekend has been nothing but sorority girls rush week 
it's all you see is girls. Like every restaurant that my dad and I tried to go into was full with girls, and yeah. it's just I don't really get really, it. They're so spread out. It's really intimidating. <laughs> even college girls, they're even freshmen in college to me, they're my age. Why are you intimidated by them? The, well, teenagers, they're mostly teenagers because they're probably like 18 or 19 years old, yeah. are the most intimidating people in the world. Why is that? Um, because they don't care about anything else, and they're really judgmental. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And I think it's really... They're really self-conscious themselves, too. Oh, yeah, that's why. most The most judgmental people are the most self-conscious people. True. Because if you're fine with yourself, then you don't care what people think of you, and then in turn, you don't really think about other people. Makes sense. But all these girls are making me laugh because it's like, yeah, we're going to go to college, diversify ourselves, see a bunch of different people, that, you know, meet a bunch of different people, a bunch of different cultures, and then they are immediately conforming. They all look exactly the same. You even said that. Yeah, they do look exactly the same. But, I mean, I think everyone goes to college because I want to do a sorority and, and hang out with the girls. They're not going to college to, diversi- to, to, diver- to diversify themselves. No, I don't think that's, that's just like the I don't think anyone cliche. would voice it, but I think oh well, I think it's true. I think that is what happens, but not if you join a sorority and just surround yourself. Like they're all wearing the same black jacket. Every single girl here is wearing that puffy well, black winter jacket. Every girl, all the older sorority sisters have to wear the same outfit. You know that? Yeah, but yeah, but that's like a uniform for rush mm. week. I can understand that. Mm. But my dad and I went to get l- lunch like an hour ago. Eight girls sitting at a table, all wearing the <laughs> same exact, not exact, but same style, color, jacket. Yeah. Like, I would argue it, but I think that if you go look at a fraternity house, it's going to be ten guys all wearing khaki pants with Sperry's or something like that, too. And they're the exact same thing. Yeah. It's true. It's bizarre. They're everywhere. Luke had to walk in front of a row of... Uh, oh, that was the worst. <laughs> it's super they were literally getting lined up. They were getting lined up by their... Like, shoulder-to-shoulder, face-first. And they blocked an entire, like, pretty important hallway to the main part of the building. And I just had to walk in front of, like, 40 sorority girls in a line staring at me. Like, who's this guy? Why is he in a building full of sorority girls? Super intimidating. And it's really a slap in the face to me that I feel so out of place (laughs) in the college dorm. Because I went to school for... I went to four different schools, five years. And then for the next year... So I was probably 22, 23. I went back and hung out with the kids we still knew in college. And it's kind of weird. Like, you feel, like, kind of out of place. But no one would be able to tell, like, hey, dude, aren't you 23? You're so old looking. But now I feel like I definitely stick out. Oh, that's that's a visitor that's not in school. Yeah. It's weird. You could be a senior. No. I mean, some I mean, seniors look old, but some freshmen look super young, which is crazy. To, yeah, crazy some to kids see. still look really young. It's weird. Yeah. It's bizarre. Because you remember being that age and thinking you're so old. Thinking what? Like, like not as Like not being in my shoes? Yeah. I like, think I'm old? Yeah. But, I mean, someone that is 38 is looking at me saying, you think you're old. Yeah, that's just dumb. like. It's just age and yeah, time. It's just like normalist. All right, Luke's a freshman starting your second semester. Yes. Do you feel like you're still new, or is it? No, I actually came back pretty like first semester. You're very hesitant mm-hmm. about everything, and you have you're like a little nervous about like walking into classrooms, new classrooms, and stuff like that, or like walking uptown. You doesn't really feel like you're a school yet, but now I feel completely normal and comfortable. 
and I know everything like the back of my hand, so it's easier to feel confident. Do you have a major yet? No, right? No, probably gonna do something communication major, like a interactive media design thing. Did I tell you that? No, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool because it's gonna be. It's like it's all about like producing like content. Uh, yeah. It's like, like putting I, it out, like radio, TV, internet, social media, that stuff. It's like what I do, but I didn't get my degree. I know, that. so I'm doing it to support Talking Yanks. I went to, I was, I graduated with a, a major in history and a minor in sociology. The minor in sociology came about bizarrely. Uh, and I didn't choose to be, I didn't switch to a history major until my junior year. So my first two years, I was a communications major, but you just do general ed anyway. Yeah. And then after my first three semesters, I went to, uh, we, the whole family moved back to Connecticut and I was in Sonoma State, which is in California. So I did one year at a community, one semester at a community college to live with Ritzy, who was still in high school. Yeah. And I just did general ed there. I think that was the best semester I ever had because I don't know why I did really good in school. And when I transferred, I got into a lot of colleges. And then I went, got into University of Hartford, and I decided to be a history major. And I did one semester there and realized all my friends were at Central Connecticut, which is half hour away. Mm-hmm. And I would join there every weekend. So finally, I was like, Dad, I think I just want to transfer there, which was the smartest decision I ever made. How hard was that to tell Dad? Were you really nervous to be like, I know this is my third school? Yeah. Already, but I really think I need to transfer there because Hartford is the most expensive one too, right? Hartford is the only private school I went to, and my student loans from Hartford are just as much as one semester at Hartford student loans is just as much as the five semester or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight semesters at four, three other schools. That's crazy. Or or seven semesters. I think the seven mm. makes sense. Yeah. Private school is so expensive. Really, I always feel like Miami. Miami is a private school. Don't go to a private school. Corny and Ritzy, our sisters, both on private school. Student loans are crazy, but no, I was scared. Miami's still super expensive. I was scared. I was scared to tell Dad, but he was. Did he get it? Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You have a lot of friends there. You'll be more have more fun, and if you have more fun and you enjoy where you are, you probably want to stay where you are more and do better in school and shit." Yeah, and it's probably closer to us, right? Like 15, 15 minutes closer. But when I went to Central, they said, you can't just be a history major. You have to minor in something if you're a history major. I was like, okay, well, what do I have the most credits in? And they're like sociology, because I think I took three sociology classes. And I took them because I hated sociology at the time. I just wanted to get them over with. Like I took, I took psych statistics like my first two years philosophy maybe something like that maybe I wanted to get them over with and then I became sociology though my sociology classes I took were like sociology of music sociology of movies Mm -hmm. sociology of the family sociology of gender I actually would enjoy them much more now I did those are my favorite classes philosophy even like a little bit economics because that's like in the social sciences thing I really like like learning about like people and why they make the decisions they do and how the brain works, which is all like psychology, sociology. Yeah, it's kind of what we talk about philosophy. on Just Talking in the earlier episodes. We did a lot of cognitive biases and yeah. why people make the decisions they make and shit like that, like um, um, the bystander effect, 
and the men, and the this coffee one. What's it called? Spillover. Yeah, I forget. Paradox of Paradox of Choice, Decision Fatigue. We did a lot of episodes on that shit. What was the one I did with you and Katie? In the car. Oh, the blunders. Yeah, pratfall. Pratfall effect. Yeah, I like that stuff. So I would like sociology now. Do you? Because to me, it's much more relative than like integrals and derivatives and calculus, which just seems like I know I'm not going to be a math major. I know I don't want a profession where I'm going to have to use this every single day. So it's hard for me to pay attention and care. Whereas like, yeah, the gen- other things are like just real world. Doesn't matter what job it is. They're good things to know about how to like act to people, act in interviews, stuff like that. General ed classes are really tough because it's like I don't care about you, what you just said. You don't care about it. It's not part of your major. So why do I have to take it? That's what high school is for: is getting all this general knowledge. You shouldn't have to do it again. Yeah, like I took in a, college. I took a geology course, and it's all about like igneous, metamorphic, and sedimentary rocks, like. I don't need to know about that. I know I'm not doing anything in sciences. Oh, I took a geology course my freshman year, too. We went to the, the one I took is called Jocks for Rocks, pretty much. We That's went to a place. beach, I remember, on like a field trip. And it was just, whoa, lights, <laughs> just, lights just went off on us. It was like, this is so silly. I don't care about this at all. But we got to go to the beach once. My freshman year was terrible. I took, so my freshman year, and this is probably bad, like, influence stuff. My freshman year, because general ed classes are so easy sometimes. And some are so hard. Statistics, I knew it was going to be hard, so I had to do a lot of effort. Even though that's like not algebra, it's easier math. But I hate math. And geology was really boring because I don't care about minerals and rocks. So then I did a computer science class freshman year, and I walked in on syllabus day and looked at the syllabus, and I was like, this is the most basic, easy shit ever. So I went to... What was it? It's computer science, like basic... For like kids that grew up, was it like Word? Was it Excel? Was it like Java script? All of that stuff, not JavaScript. It was like basic, basic computer. How to use a computer one hundred and one. Oh, okay. So not computer programming. It was computer science one hundred and one. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But it was how to use a computer. For kids that grew up less fortunate that didn't have a computer in their home, and, and needed just to learn how to do that. Needed to learn it. Like you, that's a skill you need if you don't yeah, have yeah. it. So for that, you're saying for those people, for those people, it's it awesome. Sense. Like it makes sense. But for me, I knew that. So I went syllabus day. I yeah, went. That would have been such. That would have been a plus. See, that's like the hard thing freshman year is like take that class, be bored out of your mind, and just get a GPA booster, a plus in it, or not. Well, I went syllabus day. I went midterm day, and I went final day. Oh. Uh-huh. And they didn't take attendance. It was a lecture hall. And I think I got a B or B minus. And I didn't like care about my GPA. I wasn't. Yeah, like, see, that's dumb. You could have gone probably four, four more times total and gotten into an A. Helped your GPA a ton. Yeah, I just, that was never. I just knew I wanted to pass college. <laughs> 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 GPA doesn't really matter unless you're going into like. It matters to get into certain majors and schools here. Like, that's true. Majors I wasn't the most smartest. Like, I wasn't the, I, not study wise, but. You weren't the most smartest? Yeah, I wasn't, the, I wasn't the smartest in life decisions, like overall grand umbrella of how is this going to affect my life. It was just, oh, I can pass this it's class. Like day by day. Not yeah. day by day, but like want those step in front of you where you're most focused on first. Yeah. So I went to that class three times. I got the syllabus. I went in for the final, took a test without ever going to the class. And then I went in for the final. And then I got like a B on the midterm. Jeez. I was like, okay, well, I don't need to go to any classes for the final. Yeah. And then I got like a C on the final. <laughs> and but that's how I did my few years. And then there was a class I had a fr- I had a class, an English class, freshman year of college. 
Well, actually, I'm going to backtrack because I think some people listen to this that are that are younger that listen to just talking or listen to talking yanks and they listen to this and they aren't in college yet. Yeah. Before I went to college, remind me after I say this to go back to my English professor class. Before I went to college, I was petrified of what college was. Well, I don't know if you had the same fear. In what sense? I couldn't understand. In high school, you just hear like, this won't be allowed in college. College classes don't, this is unacceptable. You know, they kind of scare you. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't even fathom what a college class was. If it's not like a high school class, what is it? Yeah, that's, so that's one thing that I definitely, I wasn't scared, but I was more like, they're not going to put us in groups and give us worksheets. You know what I mean? They're not going to like, I didn't know how the, how the flow of the class was going to work or how they were going to do I didn't think daily homework like was a thing. And in some college classes, it isn't. Some college classes, it is. Yeah. It really is the same thing. It's just a lot more, it's a lot bigger classes and a lot more lecturing. And they don't, see the thing is, in college classes, I think that, or in high school, they teach you something and then you spend three days practicing what they teach you. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. By giving you worksheets and stuff like that, and like in math, for example. But in college, they teach you something. You're supposed to go home if you don't get it and, re- and read it yourself and practice it. And the next class, they teach you another thing. Yeah. It's just not as aided. It's not as like. Yeah. It's, not, it's hands off. It's you have to learn. If you, like you have to go figure it out. Yeah. But I didn't even understand. I didn't know what it was going to be like at all. Because I thought it was so different than high school. In high school, you sit in a small classroom and a teacher talks to you and, like, you take notes and shit. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, okay, well, college isn't that. It's something different. Like, then I was like, what is it? <laughs> and I remember driving to college with dad and picking his brain, uh, like, the most minute details. Like, do you have homework every day? Do you, do you do group, like, all this? And he was like, Jim, Jim, Jim. It's just like high school, but it's actually a bit easier. Huh. And I think, and that, like, calmed me down. But I still had no idea. Like I was, go- I walked into my first lecture, kind of like, "What is this?" With my eyes open, like, yeah. well, well, how's this work? So if anyone's like hasn't been to college, lecture halls are different. Lecture hall, you'll love lecture halls. To be honest, I hate lecture halls. I didn't like them. I didn't get worked up. It's too easy. Yes, it's too okay, easy that- to tune out exactly completely. And no, this teacher doesn't know my name. This teacher doesn't know my face. He can't see what I'm he looking at. Right see now. what I'm doing if I'm taking notes. There's like I just took out my phone, text people, or make take okay, notes. So it's funny because you said it's bad for that reason. I said it's good for that reason because I cannot like I like lecture halls because I cannot pay attention sometimes, well, which is a bad trait. Like I shouldn't yeah. do that as a good student, but it's a little bit less like in your face, or you need to be stressed out about it because you know that you're not going to get like called out or something. Yeah, I, I sit in the front row. Sit in the front row if you are worried about not being able to pay attention. Yeah, it's too easy of an too easy of an escape. And if a teacher told me he didn't take attendance my first couple of years of college, I, w- I was just like, okay, and it wasn't a priority to go. My later years, when I was a history major and all my classes were history, yeah, and your major, I was a good student and like knew how to get work done. Mm-hmm. But I also did some tricky shit. Like I, I, I was very smart. Oh wait, so my point about my history, my English teacher in my freshman year, yeah, I had this English professor was so hard. He was like too deep for deep sake into meanings and yeah. like stuff and making points and stuff. I went to, every time we had to write a paper, I went to his office hours the week before it was due, handed him the paper, said, hey, I just wanted to know if you could look over this and tell me anything about it, stuff like that. 
just by doing that, I knew I was guaranteed no worse than a B. Yeah. It didn't matter how bad the paper was. If he knew that I came in and... That's what it's all about. And, and it was just kind of like lip service because he would tell me, yeah, make this change, make this change. And I'd go home and like, like, I don't know what you just said, but I'd make a couple changes and then hand it in and I'd always get a B or an A. And other kids were doing really, really bad in that class. It could, he was so hard. And that's, that's the most high school part about college is that if you go out of your way to make a relationship with the professors still, it is so helpful. Yeah. And that's like life stuff, I guess. But like, I, no, that's I, life I, stuff. I, I emailed some teachers like a few times and met with them in office hours. And then it's just like instantly. They want to help. And yeah. They see instantly they feel more inclined to help you because they, there's a lot of kids that aren't doing anything and they think they're just saying fuck it or whatever. Yeah. But so the I fact always, that you're putting in the effort. I always gauged my classes, which, which classes are my good. And I don't need to make the extra effort and I can do it on my own. Yeah. And if there was a teacher who I knew was tough or the subject matter was just tough, office hours all the time. Yeah. Always right before it was done and schedule it and then just go talk to them. Be like, hey, I don't really understand this. Or, or, or hey, I wrote this. I got it done early. Can you just give, give it a look over? If you have the right papers and you bring it to them early and say, yeah, can finish you this give it? early instead of finishing it's it not, before the it's day. It's not like the professor's like, no, you get graded on your first draft, like your first hand in only. Yeah. They'll help you out five times if yeah. you write it two weeks early. They like to help you. That's why yeah. they have office hours. Yeah. So if you bring it in, and like, oh, change this, change this, and then you change it and then you, and then you have time to bring it in again. They'll, like, I've never, I never had a professor that was. I can't do this. Then I'm basically like, right? No, no. Like they're helping. Yeah, like of course. So uh, office hours saved me a bunch. I think I don't know if this. I think this is different than you, Jimmy. But when I like you were talking about how you didn't know what to expect with college, my biggest problem was that I was only focused on the social aspect of college before I came. That was like where my biggest worry was and the only thing I was looking at in schools really. Like I didn't know if I wanted to join a frat. I didn't know if I wanted to go to a frat school. I didn't know if I wanted to go to a school with people that I knew from high school. Mm -hmm. And I was only – it was stupid thinking about it now because when I first got to college, the easiest part of the whole thing is making friends in the first week. Yeah, I mean you're surrounded by – Everyone's in the same boat. that want to make friends. Yeah, you're surrounded by thousands of people your age who do the same things as you that are nervous about making friends and want to make friends too. Mm-hmm. But so I came in like only freaking out about that. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm here to do grades. I'm here to do work too. And then I like hopped into classes and I think I tried to BS it like high school. So my first semester was rough. Now you've got to do better. Yeah. Well, also, you know what I was thinking, Jimmy? I think it's, it's a trap going from senior year of high school to freshman year of college. I don't know if it's the same for you. I did like no work my senior year at all. Senior year of high school when I already had, like, you, you already signed for a college or whatever, committed to a college, and your GPA doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything. You're taking way less classes. You have free periods. You're hanging out with your friends, like, as much as you can. But that's because you did good in high school, freshman, sophomore year, and you could relax senior year, which yeah. I remember, like, trying to tell you when you first went to high school, like, don't fuck around, because I did bad my freshman year. I did bad year. my freshman year. I just did really good my sophomore and junior year. But yeah, it is true. I mean, but even then, you still have more free time in college. But but it's like you, you have to realize you have free time because you're supposed to take advantage of the free time to do homework and work. It's not because in high school, it's like, okay, this is your study hour. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I have to be here to study. So you don't get study hours in college. It's just that's on you. all hours and you have to go study. Yeah, that's what I realized. It was like I treated it like high school. Like I just go to my classes 
and then put in the work in the class, and then once I'm done, I'm done, and I go home and relax. You know what I mean? But you have so much day to, like, relax. You need to, like, all those hours are meant for to doing work and studying. Yeah, so my schedule, I don't even know the, my first couple of years of college what my schedule was because I didn't figure it out yet. So I didn't, like, figure out how to do college right until my last two and a half years, which is also were my biggest party years because I was living with Jake and all my yeah. friends and there was like 10 of us in a house. But it, but that, that was when I really figured out a schedule. Like you have to make a schedule and you cannot avoid it. And my schedule was crazy. My last two years of college or that one year when we lived in the same house, I took two, I would take two Monday, Wednesday classes, two Thursday, Friday classes, and one Wednesday night class. So Wednesday... That's like nothing. Wednesday was my hell day. Two Monday nights... Mondays I would have two classes and I would... Before I would wake up, go to the study, go to the computer lab, do all my homework for that Monday... that For that class. Then go to class. Like So Monday and Wednesday were my work days. When I wasn't in the classroom, I was in the computer lab doing work, studying... Tuesday and Thursday, the first half of the day was up until my last class ended was all work. And then Tuesday night, we went to the bar every Tuesday night. Thursday night, we went to the bar every Thursday night. Monday and Wednesday were non-drinking nights. Then Thursday night was like a big bar night. Friday, no classes. I never gave myself Friday classes. So I would work all day and then go and then go out again. And then Saturday, we so would have weird a party. To me that you would... Fridays off and then work all day. It's like the point of having Fridays off is you don't have to do any work. Well, I work ten to five, and then you have Friday night. Friday nights at all the colleges. Oh, I, you'd w- w- I thought you meant like schoolwork. No, I went to like I worked. Yeah, yeah, job. But that was my schedule. But if I didn't take Monday and Wednesday seriously, like if I woke up Monday, like ah, actually I'm not going to get my work done today. It's like no, like Monday and Wednesdays were my days when I got all my work done, and I would go to the computer lab for ten hours straight mm-hmm. and work. I would also didn't do like I would use class time to do stuff I liked because I'm a doodler. Same. And that's actually so that's incredibly similar. So I wrote a book, a 200 page novel my senior year of college, and it was just the back pages of my notebook. I just write Hmm. while I listen. But I am a multitasker. Some people can't do that. I can do that. I people are like, you can't Jimmy, do that. Two, I really can't. Two professors told me that multitasking isn't real in the first day of class. I think... It's not real. It's, it's not possible. It's scientifically proven that you can't multitask. You can do two things poorly or you can do one thing well. Yeah. I mean, that's just... That's just like, oh, you can't bounce a ball and catch a ball at the same time because they're like really breaking it down minutely. You can multitask. I edit weddings I while watching a TV show every day. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying my professors said that. But they're saying like, so like if I say like, okay, I just edited this wedding, took me four hours, and during those four hours I watched two TV shows, they'd be like, well, actually, if you for 20 want. minutes you watched a TV show, and then you did 20 minutes of editing, and the TV show was on in the background. And then, like they just break it down. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, but in that four hours I watched shows and I edited yes. throughout the same time. But their point is that you can't be looking down at your phone and also understand the lecture behind you. Because every time you're looking at your phone, you're not understanding the lecture. This sounds like teachers just trying to do stupid scare tactics. Because you, I had a kid 
in my middle school who would read a book while in class. And I would say, hey, how come he's allowed to read a book while class? And they're like, because he gets A pluses on every test because he can clearly read and listen at the same time. Like tune, he can tune in to when he needs to learn and when he doesn't need to learn, he mm. can read. And they, did, they allowed it. Weird. Um, I'm a huge multitasker. I was going to say something. I almost always read. I re- I read... I used to read. I read. I used to read while watching sports mm-hmm. games all the time, like baseball. Yeah. In between pitches, I would read. Now, in between pitches, I tweet. So that's multitasking. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that you said during classes you'd like do real things or whatever. During classes, I'd do stuff that I liked. During classes, I, now that I have my laptop, it's dangerous because I'll just. Yeah, I never ever did that. Like all. I'll do things that are actually productive or for other classes, it's weird. Instead of paying attention to the class that I'm in, I'll start doing my homework ahead of time for the next class. Oh, yeah. Definitely did that. I also was kind of like a schemer. Like, I doubled up my college classes. So every history class, if it's a 300 level, you have to write a a 10-page paper. And if it's a 400 level, you have to write a 20-page paper at the end, like your big paper at the end, you know? So I took a couple 300s. I took History of Ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. I took, yeah, I took History of Ancient Rome. And I took History of Africa at the same time. Knowing I could write a paper about Rome's, Romans occupying Egypt for both classes. Because you're doing like history. It's like, what's up? You know, subject? you can't do that anymore. Well, I... I, it would have been frowned upon if both professors talked to each other and like I got the same. But I like physically can't do that. Everything is turned in online and turnitin.com. That is a database of every paper ever turned in. So it would say 100% match. I had turned it in too. They used that when I was in college. But I think that's something teachers say they do and don't actually do. No, like I. Oh, you have to do it? I submit it in through turnitin.com. Oh. Well, yeah, I did that. So I wrote a, a paper on history of ancient Rome so, in Egypt, like, which is like it was a legit paper. I did a lot of research. It yeah. covered both topics. So it's kind of like, is this allowed? Is it not allowed? Yeah. Why? I also did that with history or history of school teachers in America and history of it's like history of the American schoolroom and history of women or something like that. And it was about Prudence Cramble, who started a schoolroom for uh, black girls. And I did it for both classes. I doubled Mm -hmm. up essays a lot if I could. But I think that's just smart. Yeah, that's just like, how can you be mad at that? Just respect if you're a professor. It's like I organized my classes knowing this was the case. Because you had to know a little bit about the history of it beforehand for you to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I, and it wasn't like I, you know, took one freshman year and then one sophomore year and just did the thing. It was like I wrote them both that semester. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh I don't even know what I did my thesis on. I did a whole I did a whole thesis paper on um who's that guy? There's a movie about him right now. Hugh Jackman plays him. Barnum and Babe. P. T. Barnum. Who's that? There's a movie about him right now. Um called about P. T. Barnum and the circus. And they make him seem like a good guy. Let me find the name of it. The Greatest Showman, Hugh Jackman, P.T. Barnum. You haven't seen commercials for that? They make him seem like a social justice warrior and like a really good guy because he gave jobs to freaks and shit. What year was this? <laughs> he gave jobs to freaks and like shit. Like midgets and bearded ladies. And, but he was... Maybe don't, maybe don't say they're freaks out here. Well, that was like his turn. Like, come see the freaks. <laughs> oh, is the circus guy? Yeah. Okay. P.T. Barnum. Sorry. It's from Bethel, Sorry. Connecticut. Oh, really? Yeah. 
He's a bad guy. He was not a bad guy. He was a sleazeball. He's like a, well, he took people who had disabilities and made money off them, right? Made money off them, not made money for them. I said off them. Yeah, yeah, but the movie makes him look like a social justice warrior, and people were raving about this movie. Like, P.T. Barnum was a scuzzbag. Yeah. He had this thing where he would put exit signs in different languages in his museum. So as soon as you walked in, you're like, ooh, let's go see the Edom. That's a made-up different language word. Uh-huh. Like, oh, let's go see the Edom. And then people would walk through the Edom door, and then it'd be outside. And they'd go back to the front door and, pay and again. be like, what the hell? And they're like, oh, Edom means exit in Latin. You didn't know that? <laughs> and they're like, okay, can we go back in? Yeah, pay again. And he had those all over. Wow. Smart guy. I kind of respect that. Well, he, was like That's a, hilarious. he was like a used car salesman, oil salesman. He was a slick. He wasn't a social justice warrior. This movie's making him out to be. Yeah. Which is bullshit. So he had like Siamese twins and like those kind of people working for yeah, him? Yeah, he had Abraham Lincoln's slave that raised him. Like his hundred and fifty year old black woman. She wasn't. She was just like she was like eighty years old. <laughs> he was just like a liar. Yeah. <laughs> he just took advantage of dumb people. Dumb people deserve to be taken advantage of. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, what else what about you're not doing a frat right now? Nope. I didn't do a frat. I went to a smaller school though. But we I lived in a house with ten guys. We had house meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those were hilarious. I still have notebooks full of that. Yeah. That's funny. I can't wait to do that. But we didn't have to pay dues or anything or, or like haze. Yeah, you did. You paid dues to throw parties. You all put your money in. No, we didn't. We didn't pay money. Who 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 paid for all the booze for the parties? It was like bring your own booze to our party. Ah, so you guys just had lame parties. No, we had. We were the only people that didn't say no to anyone at parties because we weren't jocks. Yeah, we weren't in. There's like some weird frats. We weren't on a sports team. Most of the parties were sports teams. Uh-huh. So when we got a house, we're like, yeah, anyone can come. And the first weekend, our we had maybe 200 people in our three story house, and it was nuts because all the freshmen came. Like it was like word of mouth, smaller school. Like yeah. oh, there's a party here, there's a party here, and we was like 10 of us hanging out with the door open. We told our friends to come, and then it just got passed around, and then we couldn't move. We couldn't move in our house, all three stories, That's all awesome. two stories, maybe the third didn't. And it was like, well, this is a little, Ken's laptop got stolen. Oh, shit. But we were the only house that never got the cops called on us, because we were made friends with the cops, yeah. Officer John. That's the way to go. Yeah, so they get called on you, and then you'd run out and meet them there before they came up, right? And just talk to them. Like, yeah, I'd do it as even if I was like as blacked out as possible. Like I would just run out to their car because I would see them slowly coming around the corner. I'd leave the party, run out, and like go knock on like the cops window, like, hey, hey, like, is there a problem? Someone call? Like, you want us to turn? Do you want us to kick people out? Send yeah. them home? And they'd be like, ah, oh, you're good for now. I haven't got any complaints. Like, okay, but usually they'd be like, yeah, we got a call. Can you? You know, get send, some get, send some people home, and when you go home, you're like, get out of here. You just tell yeah. them to get out of here. Yeah, I mean, they, they would ticket everyone. They would sh- shut down the entire party, bring in a computer and a table, make everyone sit on the ground. At, at your house? At other houses. They had this, this two squad cars were the party patrol, literally, in New Britain, Connecticut. And they would sit everyone down, and then one at a time, you would go scan your ID. If you were under 21, got a $150 ticket. So they would take like, 50 tickets out in one night makes so much money. We know we're the only, we were one of the only houses that had parties every weekend, never got in trouble. Yeah. You gotta play it. You gotta play the system. I had a megaphone, you know, mm-hmm. that had a siren on it. And I would go, if it was getting too wild, we were like, yo, this is crazy. Let's get some people out of here. I'd just go stand out front and play the siren. I'm on the megaphone. And people would run out. People would think the cops were there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's right? really funny. <laughs> 
But yeah, we had we had like the first couple weeks of our senior year, so many freshmen came. One girl we talked about her last episode with Katie. We called her Couch Sarah because she spent the night three nights in a row the first weekend of her college. Really? Yeah, kind of sketchy. She just slept on the couch. I think one of her friends was hooking up with someone in the house, uh-huh. and she just didn't want to leave her alone. <laughs> we call her Couch Sarah. I probably still have her in my phone as Couch Sarah. That'd be funny, right? That's really funny. Nope. Nope. Maybe blonde Sarah. Yep, blonde Sarah. Blonde Sarah. She made her change. She made us change it or something like that. Couch Sarah to blonde Sarah. All right, Luke. Got anything else you want to say about college? Ugh. Not really. Wish me luck. Okay, but now we have to move on to indulgences. Before you disperse. Seen any good movies lately? I would uh, beg your indulgence for a moment. Indulgences, Luke, is when we talk about music, movies, or TV so- shows you've been watching. Give me a second. Okay. You talk. There's this new documentary that HBO did on the Avid Brothers. It's really good. Judd Apatow made it. I like Judd Apatow a lot. Apatow, I think is how you actually say it. I love the Avid Brothers. They're one of my favorite bands. And it's a documentary all on them making the last album. There's one scene where they write a song. You can like watch them literally thinking of the lines of the lyrics, mm, which is me. awesome. And then there's, there's one where they sing this song called No Hard Feelings. And after they record it for the album, they have to step away because they're they're taken to this place like they said they just mined their soul while they performed and people are like good job good job and they're like that's so weird to be congratulated for like we just emptied ourselves onto the microphone and like you're congrats congratulating and getting congrats they like were really weirded out by it it's kind of really heavy the song on the surface is just about when i'm ready to die i hope I hope when I die, I'm ready to die and I have no hard feelings for anyone and I don't, I have no enemies and, you know, I'm just ready to go. I guess it seems what it's about, but, mm-hmm. I, but they, they are like really, I don't so know. Really what, emotional. Yeah. Really emotional. Really takes something out of them. Takes them to a different mindset. It's really weird. I'll play that as the last song of this episode. I'll show it to you too. Interesting. But Waco on TV, still good. I haven't watched that one. Do you watch you watch any shows regularly? No. It's yawning. It's yawning. Um No. I always cycle through the office and always sunny, which is just like falling asleep. But always sunny's off Netflix now. I got it on Hulu. Oh. Um I am just waiting for the new season of Westworld really. I think that's in the fall. Yeah. We have some time, but I really want that to happen. Um the only thing that I started up that I think's worth mentioning is the podcast crime town that i was telling you about jimmy yeah it's i think that's a pretty popular one it might be a little older i'm on the first season it's just about first season is about providence rhode island and the corruption and the mob and it's really cool they go into depth with like fbi agents and old mobsters about like this old bank vault heist and like all these uh bank different vault are always awesome yeah it was really cool they jimmy they said at one point they robbed this bank vault that was like in a fur uh, company, but it was really owned by the mob, and people within the mob were robbing it, like their own money stash. And they said that they took up to like thirty million dollars of gold, and this was in the eighties, of like gold bars and money and jewelry and chains and everything. And that when the cops got there, they were still walking around with stuff up to their knees after they took thirty million out already. That's how much money was in that vault. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? crazy how much money there is in the world? Yeah, I learned that when I would film Board of Education meetings for Brewster, New York. They would talk about how much money is like 
how much money to get a new bus. Or like their limit on like buses is like, yeah, we got like three million for buses this year. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have so much money for buses? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need three million for buses? This is crazy. Oh, you know Nathaniel Ratcliffe? 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 The uh, son of a bitch. Pour me a drink. He put out a new song that is really good. I'm gonna play a little bit for you right now. See if you like it. Okay, so this song is about. Uh, you know, I like meanings of songs. He's talking to his mom. It's like a call and response with his mom. It's like, hey, mama, and then she responds. But the final lyrics are? What are the final lyrics? Tell me. <laughs> He's talking to his mom, and she's like, baby boy, you better sit down. Can't listen when the sun... This is going to be hard to hear. He's like, what do you mean? Come on. She says, you ain't gone far enough to say, at least I tried. You ain't worked hard enough to say, well, I've done mine. You ain't run far enough to say, my legs have failed. You ain't gone far enough. You ain't worked hard enough. You ain't run far enough to say it ain't going to get better. What do you think about that message? So the mom's saying that he hasn't experienced enough to tell her that things are going to get better? Or to give up. You know, like, if you give up, you would say, well, at least I tried. Yeah. She's like, you ain't tried yet. You haven't gone far enough. Or if you said, well, I've done what I can do. Yeah. She's, she's telling him you haven't. It's like if someone was like training for a marathon and they get like after like two laps of the track, they're like, I can't go any further. It's like, you ain't run enough to say that yet. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool message. But it's also here. He's pretty good. I like him a lot. All right, I think that's all we got. Do you have a tidbit? I had such a good tidbit last time, but I don't think I'm going to be able to top it. Oh, I have tidbits. I have tidbits. I, you I, have notes. That's not fair. Yeah, I put tidbits in. the top of my head. I put tidbits in my notes. Okay, Dad just called. I'm going to decline that. Pretty rude. Okay, so here's two tidbits. The, the word for the mullet haircut, did I tell you this already last night? I was telling Dad. The word for the mullet haircut appears nowhere in print until 1994 Beastie Boys song where they call someone a mullet head. Everyone who lives in that time period in the 80s says it was known as the mullet, like you would ask for the mullet, but there's not one shred of evidence, no haircut guide, no picture of a football player saying, and he's rocking a mullet. There is literally nothing. The word yeah, mullet. No documented history of the word mullet. Before 1994, which is when it went out of style. And there's all, there's so much research because people are perplexed by it. And it's like, so the mullet started because hair bands, big shaggy hair, and think of British hair bands like the Beatles and stuff. They would have long hair, even Elton John, but the bangs would get in their eyes and they didn't care that much. So they would just trim the bangs constantly and let the rest grow. So that's where you get the first kind of like, they don't look like your legit straight up mullet, but they're yeah, definitely longer, longer in the back, back in front because they, and that was natural. And then as most things trends do, they start with... They start mild and get dramatic? They start with like musicians and movie oh, okay. stars. And yeah, then pop it, culture. And then it comes to the um, sports. Then the sports stars get it. So even like Beats headphones, it was like they had all recording artists and stuff in there. 
advertisements, and then they had the sports stars, and that's yep. when it gets me. So then mullets. So in the seventies, it was all rock stars and band people, artists, and then the eighties, it was all like if you think a football player in the eighty or a hockey player in the eighty, straight up like buzzed on the sides, like styled that way. And then in the nineties, it kind of started dying. But there's no documentation of the word mullet anywhere. Well, you're saying in the nineties it started dying. I thought in eighty four there was documentation. Ninety four. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 84. That's uh, bizarre. Yeah, that is bizarre. Okay, you ready for another tidbit? I have one more. Give it to me. I'm going to have to put more in my notes. Go, before the movie Psycho came out, Alfred Hitchcock, which you've probably never seen, but it's really good, people... I, I watched it in writing through film. Oh, people didn't go to the movies at set times. Before Psycho came out, going to the movies meant you just walked to the theater, walked in, watched the movie, and and remembered where you started and then you would watch it. It would end. It would start again. You'd get to where you originally said, okay. Just, it was just on a cycle. The whole yeah. Day. And you'd say, oh, this is where we walked in and you leave until 1964. There's a lot of movies and people, it wasn't a priority to get there on time. So when psycho came out, they put all this ad and said, you must start at the beginning. Cause there's such a big twist. Yeah. You must start at the beginning. You, you will not be ad- admitted after it starts. Now as people were, Probably pissed in the beginning. Like, historians now, about? or people were looking at those the signs and the advertising for Psycho, like, what does this mean? Like, what do you mean you have to see it from the beginning? You're not allowed. And people just, and it was like, yeah, people, and a double feature was super cool because you would walk in and see two movies. Isn't that bizarre, though? That's really crazy. I didn't know that. That's a really good tidbit. You were just going to the movies. You didn't care what you were seeing. You didn't really know what you were seeing. Yeah. And you didn't know start times. So you would just walk in, sit down. It would play, and then you'd be like, "This is where we okay. Let's let's not get out of here." Wow! It makes the movie a completely different experience if you just see the end and then just watch forward to the beginning. Yeah, right. Like that. How, why were like directors like allowing that to be seen like that? Just comment just how it was. Yeah, it's just didn't like, know anything that's different. how the theaters were. All right, I have two questions for you because I can't think of a tidbit. But right. I'm doing prop bets for the Super Bowl, and I'm going to ask you two, and you have to tell okay. me what you think. Well, this will be posted afterwards, so people will all. So when I'm right, you'll be like, okay, he he knew it. I won't even be able to watch the Super Bowl. I'll be on an airplane. Okay, before. will Pink be airborne at any point during her performance? She has the flu, so I don't know if that changes. She's her, the flu is airborne. Well, if she's like count? too sick, like if her stomach. No, it's an airborne disease. Is that what you're trying to make? Yeah, she's going to be on airborne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think she's not going to go for it. Lady Gaga you know did a lot of, of those gimmicks. I think Pink, she's trying to be change her image, and she's just trying to be like a wholesome mother. I completely under, I completely agree. And the other thing is she's not doing the halftime show. She's doing the national anthem. I feel like it's kind of rude to be airborne during the national anthem. Oh, yeah, you can't be airborne <laughs> yeah. during the national anthem. So I feel like that's such an easy bet to win. It's Unless on, she's really, really against kneeling, so she's just going to be flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get as high as I can to God in the military up there. Um, the other one, what what color do you think Justin Timberlake's shoes are going to be? I think red. I don't even know. All right. It's a weird we'll question. see. Uh, and last one, who will the TV announcers talk about first after the opening coin toss? Which coach? Belichick or what's the Eagles coach then? Belichick. Nope. Eagles coaching. Doug Peterson. Yeah. They're going to talk about well, whoever. Which one? You have to pick. Well, I mean, that's basically who wins the coin toss. No, not really. Yeah, because they're going to say. It's just, okay, well, maybe it wasn't coin toss. It was the start of the game. Which which manager or coach will the announcers like do a preview of first or talk about first? You know how they always do the sideline things? 
I would say Belichick. But basically, it's like whoever wins the coin toss. They're yeah, like, okay, Belichick, Belichick chose to defer, or Peterson chose to defer. All right, that's all. I got. all. That's all we got. We're actually we're hitting an hour now, and there's some bits that are going to be edited out. Yeah, we're definitely going to take it. Not bits, out. edited space. Um, blank space. And I'm going to play the Avett Brothers' No Hard Feelings as the outro song. And also, I made, just for my own sake, I made all the songs that I put at the end. People probably just turn off the podcast before the song starts anyway, but I put them all in a playlist on Spotify called Just Talking Playlist if you are interested, if you like the slow music that I like. Don't feel bad if you're not interested. Yeah, don't feel bad at all. I like very, I like I like my music like I like my, my sports, nice and slow. I honestly don't think anyone's listening anymore at all. I don't even think they're hearing this conversation. Yeah, they heard are. us rapping down. They're like, oh, their tidbits usually suck, and they're out. Tidbits were good today. Oh, they're so good. What? Yeah, it says the guy who put two tidbits out, and he's so confident in them. They were good. I, I had those for the last three weeks. I didn't use them because Katie and I never got to them. All right, thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, review if you want. Six stars. Tell us uh, if you have any questions or thoughts about college. Let us know. And here is Avid Brothers, No Hard Feelings. Also, try your hardest. Do your best. Thanks. Bye. Strategy, to be honest, is try your hardest, do your best. Try your hardest, do your best. Try your hardest, do your best. When my body won't hold me anymore, and it finally lets me free, will I be ready? When my feet won't walk another mile and my lips give their last kiss goodbye, will my hands be steady when I lay down my fears, my hopes and my doubts, the rings on my fingers and the keys to my house with no hard feelings. When the sun hangs low in the west And the light in my chest Won't be kept Held at bay any longer When the jealousy fades away And it's ash and dust For cash and lust And it's just hallelujah And love and thought Love in the words, love in the songs they sing in the church, and no hard feelings. When my body won't hold me anymore, and it finally lets me free. the trade winds take me south through Georgia grain or tropical rain or snow from the heavens will I join with the ocean blue or run into a savior true and shake hands laughing and walk through the night 
straight to the light. 